Hello everyone, it's Kyle Cruz and you're listening to the KC at the Movies podcast for 16th of October 2018. Now if I sound uh, pretty sick, it's because I am at the moment. Um, caught the son of a bitch on Friday and uh, we've still traveling with it. Uh, it should go away in a few days though, no matter how many meds you take, it doesn't seem, you know, it seems to fucking stay around, so... Um, it's quite annoying, and I've got to constantly be drinking water. So yeah, but we're gonna we're gonna keep going because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, I've got a lot of stuff to talk about. I've got a couple of movies I need to talk about. So um, tonight I'm going to be talking about. Now I was supposed to again. I just want to uh, reiterate that I was supposed to do this episode about two nights ago. I think I said I was going to do it two nights ago, but again I got sick and. Uh, couldn't actually, I couldn't actually speak like this, like clearly like this, I was a fucking mess, so, um, sore as fucking throat, seriously, sore as fucking throat, uh, so I've decided to do it tonight to get out of the way, um, because I'd sound a bit better, and, um, I didn't want to wait too long, because, otherwise my thoughts would be so fresh, even though I was writing them down, my thoughts wouldn't be so fresh with these movies that I've seen recently. Um, so yeah, we're in October now, um, Halloween month, uh, I'm actually doing, now I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it later in the episode I think, but, um, I'm doing a little challenge at the moment to try and get me, you know, uh, easing into horror films and everything, but you know, I think I'll talk about that a bit later. So tonight's episode, we're going to talk about, um, Hotel Artemis, now it's a, it's a uh, I've only just seen it recently, so that's why I'm talking about it now, but I may as well. Um, I went into a bad times, the El Royale at the cinema. Um, I watched no, Leave No Trace, and Apostle came out on Netflix. Check that out as well. And finally, Sorry to Bother You. Check that out as well. So I'll be talking about that. But first I want to talk about, um, I recently went on uh, Sunday night. I went to my local cinema in uh, Birmingham Gardens. Now, this cinema is not too big. It doesn't play too mainstream films. But, um... It's been playing... It plays some crowd favourites, and sometimes they bring um, movies back if people like them. And the last time I was at... It's funny, because the last time I was at this cinema, I watched a movie at the cinema, was in 2013, um, when I watched Her. I watched Her... Um... And this was when it actually came out at, um, when it actually came out in, uh, in, like, you know, wide release, but my local cinema actually had it, and the tickets were more, uh, less expensive, so, so I had to check it out there, and it was a good, uh, good venue, and, um, I believe it closed, alright, did it close, it was reopened again in 2013, that's, maybe that's where I went, because it's been open now for five years, and, uh, I just haven't been checking it out because it doesn't really get the um, mainstream releases, doesn't get new releases, it's not it's not getting those type of movies, but it does get a few indies that sometimes don't play at these kind of theatres, but nothing like the dandy cinemas in Sydney or Hayden Picture Palace or anything like that, or Ritz, but um, it does get um, some movies that might have gone in the, in the theatres, they might have got, um, not showing them anymore, and it's a good place to check them out. Right now, they've got two movies I wanted to see. I haven't seen Ladies in Black yet, but I'm really um, curious to check that one out. And it's funny because I've actually 
uh, met the met actually and been taught by the DOP, the um, director of photography for Ladies in Black, Peter James. And uh, I saw before this even movie was even you know, the trailer came out and the movie's been showing now. I saw the shot list. I saw the um, just like the schematics for everything. Um, storyboards, uh, I saw the shooting schedule, and I saw that, um, I think the two names that popped out to me the most, now, I think there's more Australian actors to me, but recently, because I must have seen them recently, was Angry Rice and Rachel Taylor, now Rachel Taylor from Jessica Jones and Angry Rice was one of my favourite parts of the Nice Guys, so, and I was pretty excited when he was saying, oh yeah, we're doing this movie about these ladies that, you know, the start of David Jones in, in Sydney. And uh, I was like, oh, wow, that's, okay, that's interesting. And then um, didn't think it would come out for a while, but he said, no, I think it's getting released later this year. And, of course, it's out. So I'm probably going to check that on Sunday. But another movie that I didn't um, see when it did come out in, um, I think it came out in August, maybe, I think, um, that I didn't check out was uh, Crazy Rich Asians. And I finally went and saw it on Sunday night. Because apparently it's been one of the funniest movies of the year, good rom com, and um, you know I got I got to agree with that. Um, you know I went and my, I took my uh, nan because she wanted to see it as well, and uh, didn't mind the company. And uh, one of the nights was it was a special pantry night. It was a special like kind of like uh, the the final bits of food from the pantry. There there was, but there was also home cooked meals like I had this uh, quiche pasta bake. And then there was like biscuits, glasses of wine. I had about two glasses of wine before the movie even started. So they, while the trailers are showing, they're coming out with trays of drinks, and you know, giving you a drink while the fucking trailers are showing. And uh, the guy George owns the place is a lovely person. Uh, met him as well. We talked a bit about Peter James um, and the director of uh, the director of Ladies in Black as well, who. Sorry, I have a pen in my mouth. Um, who actually, the dog, he, he, I think he, it's his dog or it's George's dog. Now, George is the guy, the name, who owns the place. I think it's his dog or he decided to take care of it. Um, not too sure, but there's a, anyway, there's a picture. But um, the director, um, Bruce Beresford, he, um, apparently showed Ladies in Black at the cinema and um, we the the cinema uh, the, in Birmingham Gardens Regal Cinema Birmingham Gardens is like one of the first things to be thanked in, in the credits in the special thanks um, section and that's one of the first um, people to be thanked so you know that felt good to be part of Newcastle even though I wasn't even at that screening but you know you part of Newcastle, so, you know, I took it, <laughs> so, I felt that, um, that felt good, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that on Sunday, but yeah, Crazy Rich Asians, let's talk about that, um, it's based on a book, it's based on a book, now, I don't know it's based on a book, but, um, yeah, it's based on a book, three books, actually, three books, not what I wanted to know. Not what I wanted to. So it's uh, directed by John M. Chu. Constance Wu um, is uh, that plays Rachel Chu, and uh, 
um, Nick Young, who's played by, I believe, his name's like Henry, um, fucking what's his name? I think it's like Henry, oh my god, I'm losing it, (laughs) I'm losing it guys. He's not even here. Oh, Henry Golian, that's it. <laughs> I thought I, saw, I thought I knew his last name, but I, I, I had to get a confirmation. But yeah, Henry Golding and, and uh, Constance Wu. Now you might know Constance Wu from um, Fresh Off the Boat with um, Randall Park, and uh, she plays the mother in that film, um, TV show. Sorry, and she's she's great here. She's great. Um, her and Henry Golding's um, chemistry is great. The whole cast is great. You've got a great cast of people here. Um, you have um, our Australia's own Ronnie Chang. Um, I say Australia's own because he's like he's he does comedy here a lot, and um, he I've seen him a lot at the um, um, at the uh, festivals <coughs> and stand up stand-up shows, and he's really funny, and I've actually seen him live a few times, actually, um, so he was one of the brothers, I was surprised to see he was one of the brothers, and then you've got, um, Gemma Chan, who Astrid, um, who plays Astrid, now, I think I know her from Humans, the TV show Humans, I believe, I think she's in Humans, yeah, yeah, that's it, she's great, um, you just got, it's just a really fun movie, you have, um, Aquafina as well from... Um, I think she was in Pitch Perfect three, or but I recently saw her in Ocean's Eight, and she was she was okay in Ocean's Eight, but she was fantastic here. She was on the gun here, fantastic, very very funny, and so was um, Ken Jeong as as always is very funny. It's just a very touching story. Um, it's a, it's a very funny movie. I laughed quite a bit, and it was just I just had a great time, and uh, I uh, it was it's not a I didn't regret watching it. It was a great. Great, not one of my favorites of the year, but it was definitely a, a fun time. I laughed quite a bit, and um, I really enjoyed the story. One of the be- most beautiful weddings on screen I've ever seen in my life, though. One of the most beautiful on-screen weddings I've seen. And that was, it was really weird, because our theater was laughing at the um, at the bits where... like it's I, I can't really describe the wedding. It's like a water gets put... Water goes down the aisle, and they're like... She's like walking through the water. People are laughing. I just don't get it. I didn't get what they were laughing. I thought it was a fucking beautiful wedding. And, um, yeah. Great movie. Check it out. Um, uh, very fun. You might have a fun time. And it's, 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 it's definitely a rom-com. And I haven't seen a good rom-com like this in quite a while. Um, yeah, you get the ones on Netflix, but, um, theatrically released, I guess, rom-coms. This was one of the best ones. So, definitely go check it out if it's still playing around near you. It's probably still it's probably coming out soon anyway. Uh, but definitely, yeah, definitely check it out if it's coming out. Yeah. Um, yeah, So moving on um, to the movies I actually watched at home this time, and then I watched one in the cinema. But we'll start off with um, now. This came out in August, I believe, and I finally t- uh, caught this at home. Uh, Hotel Artemis. Um, it's written by, written and directed, I believe, by Drew Pierce. Um, 
I believe he wrote it as well, but I know it's directed by him. Uh, did he write it too, though? Did he write it too? We shall find out. Yes, he did. Now, it's about a hotel that has a nurse who's Jodie Foster. And she runs this hotel that is exclusively for criminals only. And uh, she patches them up and then she sends them back out there. But we... Our story begins with Sterling K. Brown's character and Brian T. Henry, I believe from Atlanta fame. Brian Tyree Henry, sorry. They, there's a bank robbery, shit goes wrong, and then they get admitted into the Hotel Artemis. And then um, something uh, goes off. I'm not going to say the event, but something happens. And uh, shit goes... Shit's the fan, we'll say that. <laughs> but it's like not as... I can't really say it's that wild, but event sparks that these characters are in a certain situation that needs to be solved straight away. Because um, I can't really say shit's the fan because it's really not as wild as I thought it would be. But um, all I can say about this movie is it's got good performances. Jodie Foster is always great. Um, she as a nurse was good. She talked a little too fast at times though, because I couldn't really understand her at some points. Um, you've got... The concept itself is really great, but I think they could have done something different with the story. Um, but I really like the concept, and that's why I think, yeah, could have been, could have done something different. And instead of this thing that happens, I think they could have went with something different. It's a very ambitious film, and it never really... I don't think it really, at points, doesn't really reach what it really wants to be. And it has a lot of potential, but it never reaches it. Um, like, it never... It never gives you the full satisfaction. There's a there's a scene, there's a specific scene in the film where um, there's these guys out in front of the door. Now, now the rules are you can't hurt guests. There's no insulting the nurse, and I believe there's no you know, there's no killing or fighting or anything. So there's a scene where these people are trying to get in, they're trying to break the rules, and Batista is a Dave Batista is a uh, healthcare professional, even though he's just the assistant to um, the nurse character of Jodie Foster. Um, he is just, he calls himself a healthcare professional, he loves calling himself that. He grabs an axe off the wall, and, um, what begins is, like, what I would like to, what I like to call, like, lighting a fuse. So, you have some tension that's building up, and then it's, it's reached, it's eventually going to reach this, like, this explosion, like this, of just chaos. And there's this scene, I just don't think never reaches kind of it plays off what I said before about reaching its ambitions and never getting its full potential never reaching its full potential it's it could have done something more of that scene and you could have played with more tension now there's another film that I'm going to talk about later that does tension really well that I'll talk about in a minute but this scene they could have done it really well especially with the editing and then it could have just went flew off the handle and it could have showed that but it really just fizzles out and that I wasn't really I don't know, I wasn't really impressed with it. Sorry about the sniffles, by the way. But I just wasn't really, I don't know. It could have been something more. I was like, oh, fuck, I, I really would wish I saw that. I, wish, I really wish I saw him just, like, fucking destroy these dudes. With an axe, by the way. With an axe. Now, you get a, there's a, you get a scene with Batella's character. Sophia Batella's in the film as well. Uh, you get a scene with her. And there's a nice scene with her with her, um, her kind of shoe knives. <laughs> That she puts in her shoes. Um, she cuts up some dudes like that. And some great action scenes there. But I wish I got that with the axe scene is all I'm saying. 
Um, so, all up, Hotel Artemis is not really like a waste of time, but it's nothing too memorable from this year. And um, I don't think it will be really going to make any lists, but it wasn't a complete waste of time, I'll say that. I still had quite, a, quite some fun with it, but I think it could have been something more, especially to do with such an interesting concepts like that. Uh, I'm just going to take a little break and to do a go and um, uh, blow my nose for a minute. Hang on. That's better. Rightio. So, um, moving on to um, Leave No Trace. Now, this was. This came out at Sundance this year, I believe. Um, it's written and directed by Deborah Granick, who did um, Winter's Bone, which kind of launched Jennifer Lawrence to stardom. And I think it's going to do the, this is going to do the same thing to the young actress Thomasin McKenzie, because she is fantastic in this movie. Um, so it was great to see. Because I believe Granick's done a couple of television. She's done a lot of television, I think. Um, in between this, after Winter's Bone, and she hasn't really done a feature film. This is her feature film return, and again, it's it's to do with the outdoors, like Winter's Bone. It's to do with family and and parents, and um, it's another great one from her. Um, I don't know. I might even like this more than Winter's Bone. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so it's got Ben Foster is in it. Um, he plays a father that's dealing with PTSD. He's a veteran uh, Vietnam War vet. And he has a daughter who's played by Thomas McKenzie, man Tom. And they're living in um, public um, regional parks. And uh, obviously it's, it's illegal to live in a um, national park. I'll say national park. I don't think there's regional park. I'm pretty sure it's national. So they're living in national parks. And, and yeah, you can't really live there. And... Uh, they're like, like they're really doing well with the lifestyle and everything. They're adapting well. The father obviously likes it. Who is um, who is uh, Ben Foster? And then what happens is um, they get now. You might have seen a trailer to this, or you might have known a bit of the plot. But they get, uh, let's say, caught. They get caught and um, they get sent to normal society, and then I'm not going to say what happens from there. Now, this movie was just a stunning film. Um, I liked the father-daughter dynamic between Foster's character and Thomas and Mackenzie's character. Um, the end, I think, hit me really, really well. Yeah, hit me really well. Um, I liked that choice made. It was a, it was a ballsy end, but. Um, I'll, I'll say that. Um, the dealing with PTSD was, like, not so... Like, it wasn't, um... It wasn't so, um... Well, what's the word I was trying to find? Um, it was never really over-explained, really. It wasn't, like, shown so much. You maybe get, like, a helicopter sound and that's it, and then you kind of get just scenes of him dealing with it all. Um maybe sitting on the side of his bed or maybe just in while doing a test at this facility 
And it's never just like, oh, this this guy, oh, you're gonna make sure this guy has PTSD. Like we have to tell the audience that this guy has PTSD. He's dealing with this shit, and we have to be very clear. We got to show it. We got to do sound design. We got to use everything at our disposal. But I I just got from one, I think it was just one helicopter sound that was just in during the night time, and uh, you just got it straight away that this guy has had he has it um, bad, and his 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 mental health is is um. Uh, diminishing you can tell he's very um, shaken by this and the unfortunate thing is that he's trying to he's he's trying to bring his daughter along with him on this journey that because he is too afraid to live in this kind of community wherever his daughter is which would what, what I loved about the movie is the difference between these two people even they though are family even though they are family um, his daughter has got the taste of, you know, living with in society, and um, she wants. You can tell she wants something more. Like there's a great line in this, in the film about education. I think it's not about learning, but it's about building relationships. And because she hasn't had nothing, no one except her father out in the wilderness. Um, she hasn't. Like, it's amazing that she can still speak well as well because he taught her how to read and everything and he learned that in the film. But um, she can, she only has been speaking to him and she doesn't really speak to anybody else. So when you finally see those scenes where she is speaking to other people outside, that they're just like, oh, well, you haven't tried this yet or have you, you haven't done this yet. She doesn't. They don't even have a mobile phone. And he is trying to... He just doesn't want to go back to that. He does... He's, he is... He is denying the fact that he uh, has to live in in this society, has to live with people, has to deal with um, people, and 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 just live with everybody else. He just wants to do his own thing and live out in the wilderness. And um, I also really liked how the people in this movie, the the authorities and the people that take them in eventually, that catch them, they're not really painted as like villains than trying to stop them from doing what they're doing, they really help them trying to do, when they get them back into society and trying to get them to be a part of it, they really try to, you know, they still try to help them, they give them all these papers, of course they need to sign all these papers and everything, and all these uh, forms, but they really try to help them um, uh, be a part of everything and give them, like, different brochures and um, all that stuff. And I didn't really see them as trying to stop them from doing what they were trying to do. They were, they were trying to help them do... Even though that's not what he wants to do. They were, the Particularly the woman... Um, I can't really... She didn't really have a name. But uh, particularly that woman character that was trying to help... Especially um, Tom. With school and everything. Um, she, she was good. And, and I could tell she was trying to do some good. But she just doesn't... She can't compete with... I guess, the father's denial. So, I liked that aspect of it. Um, I thought the sound design was great. I thought the cinematography was beautiful. I love the luscious greens. Um, the outdoors, the outdoor stuff. You hear the rain. You feel so cold and everything during some sequences where there's rain and there's a thunderstorm. And, um, yeah, it was just a, it was a heartbreaking end, but I feel it was a um, I don't know, bittersweet maybe, I'm not too sure, but I, I liked the choice they made with the, um, that she made with the ending, 
And um, even though I was just like, oh no, <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's very, I, 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 I was on board of it. I really liked it. Um, and I, this is one of my favorites of the year, I think. Um, it's a great movie and it's great to see Deborah um, back with uh, material like this. So check out Leave No Trace. I think it's on video demand at the moment. I think it's online somewhere. Um, it's probably coming out Blu-ray soon, I think. I Yeah, but definitely check it out. Where you can check it out, definitely grab it and give it a go because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fantastic movie. Uh, right. Um, I might save that one for last, but I checked out... I'm able to this one, actually. Uh, give me a second. I checked out um, Apostle on Netflix came out, I believe, on the 13th, I think. Um, and I think I watched it day one, I think. Because I was I watched the trailer, and I'm a massive fan of uh, Gareth Evans, the director of the film, who's done two Raid movies and two of the best action films ever made. He always handles action scenes with... It's all on camera. You can see the choreography, and you can tell a lot of work and a lot of effort goes into those action seat in scenes and fight scenes. Um, especially when, whenever he uses um, Uko Awai, I believe his name is... Oh dear, I don't want to fucking mess that one up. <laughs> I think it's Iko, Iko Awai, not Uko. Iko. Um, yeah, and um, I haven't seen... I haven't seen 20, 20 Mile 22 yet, but... Um, I heard it wasn't really that good, so... So, I, I was looking forward to him to see him in that, but yeah, I haven't really looked that good, so I'm, I gave that one a miss. Um, but this is this, one, this is all about Gareth Evans. So, he's decided to do a horror film. Um, a, I'd call it more of a thriller, though. There's some horror elements in it, but it's definitely more of a thriller. There's a couple of jump scares, but it's not nothing too crazy. Um, and then definitely not false. So, you've got Dan Stevens who is um, this ex-priest or ex-kind of person of the church, I'll say. I don't know if he's a priest, but I think he was just very devoted to church, but he's an ex, not part of that anymore. He finds out his sister is on this island called Erisden, or Erisden, and he has to go and rescue her. Um, he's been given this document to say that to go and rescue her, but obviously he wants to go and rescue her as well. And this island is ran by this kind of pastor who's played by Michael Sheen. Um... And there, he he's um, part of a kind of a fanatical cult. Um, they do extreme stuff, and during the nighttime, after the night bell rings, that's when you're apparently not to go outside of your home. And uh, once you do that, if you go outside your home, you're fucked. But <laughs> yeah, um, but that's the kind of movie you want to get into. It, it's very brutal. Um, there's a lot of gore in it. There's a lot of blood, and uh, if you're not a fan of that, you're not going to like this movie because there's a lot of it during it, and there's a lot of torture as well. <laughs> um, definitely a lot of torture scenes. Um, actually, I wouldn't say a lot, but like they're very, they're like heavy. They're heavy with the torture. Um, what I'll start, so I'll start off by saying because this wasn't really as good as I was expecting, but what I'll start off by saying is it's got it's fucking beautiful cinematography. I loved the tracking, the nighttime tracking shots. I loved the um, the wides, I love the really nice close-ups of the things on the walls. They've got these really nice uh, focus pulls in there that are really like just 
looked beautiful on, on, on the big screen. And I watched this on my television on Netflix and you watched it on your computer, but I watched it on my massive um, television in my parents' lounge room. So it was really nice there. Dan Stevens is great. However, his performance was a little weird. <laughs> um, I, I wasn't too sure <laughs> what he was doing with his performance. Um, I don't know if he was like drugged up or like he was he's always sweating he's always panting he's always um yeah I'm not too sure how to describe it but he has this he has to use this like green liquid and drip it into his mouth every now and then I don't know if that stops him to turn into a vampire I, I don't know what that does but that's the question I have it's about it's like the the thing in mother it's like the yellow elixir in mother like how that was never explained I want to know what the fuck this green liquid was unless someone knows it and they can tell me about it but I didn't really know what it was, so I wasn't too sure of what, you know, what that, what it does to him, but he was always, yeah, he was just always sweating all the time, I don't know what he was doing, <laughs> what was going on with that poor man, um, but you've got another, yeah, you've got Michael Sheen, as I said, you've got Michael Sheen as well, you have, um, what's her name from fucking Sing Street, um, uh, what's her name from Sing Street, she's actually got like, um, she's got like, orange hair in this movie in Sing Street she's wearing that she's got a brunette um, what's her name what's her name what's her name oh dear oh I've lost it I, I had it here but I've fucking lost it uh Lucy Boynton I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong but it's Lucy Boynton I think yeah she was from Sing Street. Um, Sing Street. She was the girl that kind of was trying to um, woo and try to get into the with all the songs and everything. A gr what a great movie that is, by the way, everyone, ladies and gentlemen. Sing Street. Go check it out. Holy shit! Um, one of the best movies of twenty sixteen. Um, I constantly listen to the soundtrack because it's it's, it's, it's great. Um, but yeah, back to this movie. Um, she is the daughter of Michael Sheen's character, um, Martin, I believe. I hate how fucking IMDb lists the fucking cast, because they should be top build at the top. Malcolm, sorry, not Martin. Um, Malcolm, he's like kind of the pastor at, at, um, of this church, and she's kind of the daughter, and she doesn't, she knows what he's doing, but she's like not really on board of it. Um, and then you've got, um... Uh, Thomas Richardson is then Stan Stevens' character is trying to save his sister Jennifer and they're treating her like shit and uh, well actually more than treating her like shit really treating her just like a dog <laughs> like an animal and um, yeah there's just a lot of there's a lot of shocking scenes in the movie especially with the torture um, so yeah get ready for that buckle in <laughs> for those uh, kind of scenes but I just think that I kind of get the message that Evans was trying to say. It's definitely about, I, I think it's, my interpretation is it's about Mother Nature and how we treat it. And um, definitely, because I would say that because of the end shot, because the end shot definitely was kind of not, not on the nose, but it was kind of, I kind of just like, it drilled it in. I was just like, okay, I think I know what it's about, what the movie's trying to say. But I just don't think the story was that interesting enough to try to hook, hook you in as a viewer. Um, it kind of just like flew by and I was just like... I could, it's a two hour and ten minute film, but 
I don't know. It kind of just, yeah, washed over me. It kind of just, yeah, kind of, that's that's the kind of word I use, I think. It kind of just washed over me. I was like, all right. Okay. I get, what, I get what it's trying to do. Like, Mother does the same thing about Mother Nature, obviously. This is more of going in more definitely of horror elements and more violence, even though Mother's got some crazy shit in it. However, batshit insane that movie is with all its muffled scenes and just cr craziness. <laughs> Chaos. Um, I'll definitely say that Apostle is more of a, um, a definitely a better structured film than Mother. Um, it's got more of a straightforward story, but, um, it, it's definitely, it's messages there, but I just, yeah, I don't know, the, the story wasn't really interesting enough. I didn't really care, uh, which is not a good thing. And, uh, yeah, it's just kind of washed over me. That's kind of the word I'd use, but I will say the action scenes are great. The action scenes, just like the raid movies, are filmed really well, um, choreographed well. They're violent, um, and I just love the the wise that he goes for and the and the how it's all in camera. He still keeps to that, and um, that's what that's what I really like liked about the movie. But other than that, I don't know. It was really kind of an average one, and I think Evans can do better with. I don't know. He wrote it himself, so I don't know. They definitely. I would definitely say that if you want to if you want to see a Gareth, Gareth Evans film, check out the both Raid movies, both of them, um, Raid and Raid Two. Uh, but this is on Netflix right now. You can go check it out if you want to. You can you can make up your own mind because it's it's actually available to you right now. Um, it's not a bad movie, but it's just it's just a movie that kind of just swings on by, you know. And then you know, it's not really going to be on anyone's lists unless you're a massive fan of whatever is in this film. <laughs> Um, but, again, it wasn't a waste of time, but it just wasn't, wasn't memorable. Moving on. Moving on to the complete opposite, the complete bonkers opposite of what Apostle is. Um, we're talking about Boots Riley's uh, directorial debut, um, Sorry to Bother You. Now, I recently caught this. I caught this recently as well. Um, this actually came out in, uh, during Sundance, it was made a lot of people's lists after Sundance. I think it came out in around July, and I finally caught it now. I've, this is definitely on my list for most anticipated of the year, and I've got to say, it might stay. It might stay. It might make the list. I don't know, because this movie is awesome. <laughs> um, it's it's definitely got its it's definitely got its flaws, and I do, I do see that. Um, you can definitely tell it's it's a first movie by a director um, because of how structured it is, how weirdly structured it is, and um, I don't know, it's not supposed to be this straightforward film, but you can definitely tell that there's some things that could have been cut out, there's some things that really will work, but I just liked the balls <laughs> of this movie. <laughs> this is... There's some shit in this movie that is going to be weird. Um, definitely in the second half. Now, the first half plays better than the second half, I will say that, but I just liked the craziness of the second half. I'll say that, because it just gets insane. Um, it's weird. It's unpredictable. I definitely suggest you go in blind. You do not watch a trailer, even though the trailer shows you... You know, it gets you pumped up for it, but it definitely shows a bit too much, I think. Um, so you definitely would go in blind. I didn't, I didn't watch a trailer, t to be honest. I just, I just saw that it, people talking about it at Sundance. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm down for this then. Um, 
it's kind of set in this like kind of surreal version of Oakland in, in the USA. Um, I definitely say now Boots describes it as magical realism. Uh, and I will definitely, I would, I would agree with there. I I'm not too sure what magical realism is, but it kind of sounds right because of what the things that take place. Now it's kind of the the Oakland feels real, but there's some things going on in Oakland that were just just weird <laughs> and like don't seem normal. Um, there's some fake corporations. Uh, Worry Free is the big corporation in the movie that is like this big kind of metaphor for capitalism and. Um, Corporations taking control. It's definitely about greed. The main character is literally named Cash is Green. Um, people call him Cash. Because definitely... Now, I didn't really... Because uh, that bit, I didn't actually take notice of till after the movie, because I watched it with a friend of mine. And I was like... Well, his name is actually... His name is Cash is Green. Cash is Green. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> we, I can't believe I didn't pick that up. During the movie, I just cannot believe I didn't pick it up. Lakeith Stanfield, um, this is definitely one of his best. I still think he's better in short term twelve. That's definitely his best performance. Um, this is but this is definitely one of them. Um, it's wild in this movie. I love the choices made. I love how just how much it just swings and sometimes it misses, but it definitely swings and hits a lot. Um, Tessa Thompson's fantastic. I love her whole aesthetic in the movie. Her outfits, her earrings especially. People are going to buy those fucking earrings, by the way. They're definitely getting sold soon. Um, her earrings are incredible. Love the earrings. Um, but there's just a lot of... Yeah, there's a lot of themes in this movie that Boots is trying to say. I, I think Boots is a political person as well because he comes from this... He's a, from a musical background. And um, he so most of his songs... Are about politics and um, leaders. He's he explained in an interview that his uh, his album that this is based off. Sorry to bother you. His album came out in 2012. That was when Obama was still in power, and he said that there was a script. There was a part of the script in the 2012 script because he was wrote this script in 2012 apparently. Um, that had the quote um, "Worry Free is making America great again." And um, I think that he said that was cut from the film after uh, Trump was elected. And uh, and there's also an album, I believe. There's songs by the Coop, I think, that are about George Bush as well. Um, 2008, I think, was there a lot? Was there a last one before 2012? Um, that definitely had political undertones and vibes, and uh, you can tell definitely tell that the, the songs are very political. This this movie is, this movie is like political, but it's I'd say it's mostly about yeah like corporate greed and um, capitalism and um, people being workhorses, um, and that's on another level. Uh, you'll see in the second half of the movie. Uh, but it, def it has definitely has one of my favorite scenes of the year, which is the rapping scene. Now you'll see what I mean when you watch it, <laughs> because it's incredible. Um, Army Hammer, I think, plays his role a little too well. He was born for this role. I think Army Hammer, the the uh, greedy uh, CEO who loves to snort coke, like fat lines of coke. Um, he was. I loved Army Hammer's energy in this movie. I loved him. He was great. 
uh, as such a different uh, character from what he was in the Call Me By Your Name, but he was fantastic in this movie. He kind of reminded me of his character in um, Free Fire, but it, like just like on steroids, like times a thousand. Uh, so he was good. Um, loves loves Stephen Ewan, even though is it Stephen Ewan or Stephen Young? I never know how to say his last name, but. He was good. Uh, Jermaine Fowler was good. Amari Hardwick, I believe his name was. He was re- he was good too. I loved him. Yeah, Amari Hardwick. Uh, Terry Crews is in it for a bit, um, but he's not too around. Uh, he's not too. Uh, he's he's not in it too much. I'll say that. But it's definitely Stanfield um, and Tessa Thompson. Like they, they carry it pretty much. Um, yeah, the, the, the flaw I'd say would be, like, yeah, there's just a lot of themes in it that could be hard to understand for some people and maybe a little too much. It feels like a directorial debut. It feels like a first movie. And um, some... When it swings, it hits. It sometimes misses, I'll say that. And um, I think that there's a love triangle in the movie that could have been just, like, just pulled out because it doesn't really... It's kind of a filler and it doesn't really go well with what the movie's trying to say and what and gel with the rest of it. I just think it was just put in there to bit of conflict and I just didn't think it really paid off that well. So um yeah, I'll I'll definitely you know I'll say that. But this movie is wild. It I love how how wild it is. I love how wildly original it is. Um it's just insane. <laughs> um it, it's no it's it's definitely no Mandy insane, but it's got some shit in it during the second half that will just be like, you'll be like, ah. Because I believe my, my mate and I said, like, what the fuck out loud, like, three times in the last half of the film. Because uh, there's some things that will make you just, will just knock your socks off. Knock your bloody socks off. Um, but the first half is really enjoyable as well. I think I enjoyed the first half more than, the, even though the second half gets crazier, I think I enjoyed the first half more. But um, that that all said, I just I I think we're gonna watch this movie again. Um, can't wait to watch it again, and really just enjoy it again because it's like um, I want to watch the movie. I want to watch it with someone who just doesn't like watch these kind of <laughs> these kind of wild movies, like Mandy, for example. <laughs> because I, just, I don't know, I want to watch Mandy with my dad because he would not. He would be like, "What the fuck is this?" I'd be like, "It's one of the best movies of 2018." And then he'd be like, well, yeah, where's Skyscraper? Let's watch Skyscraper. Fuck off. <laughs> um, I definitely, this is one of the best of the year. I think it might make the top 10 just because of I just how much fun I had with it. Um, and I can't wait to watch it again. It's a little, I think a little bit could have been shaved off. It's a little too long. But, um, a lot of, yeah, a lot of fun with it. Sorry to bother you. It's, it's, it's definitely not... Sorry to bother you, though, the film. <laughs> Tell you that. Fire out. Sorry about that. That was terrible. Um, now, finally, what I want to talk about, before I get onto the big Venom spoiler talk, um, is Bad Times at the El Royale. Now, I went and saw this with my friend on Saturday night. Saturday morning? Saturday afternoon, sorry. <laughs> went and saw this with a friend on Saturday afternoon. Um, it's written and directed by Drew Goddard, who is of Cabin in the Woods fame. Um, that's a great little horror film. Great little spin on the horror genre. Um, good at that. 
sorry that you hear that. Uh, it's about, about, I think it's like seven strangers, I think, that they go to this hotel called the El Real, and something happens, and it's a bit of a mystery, it's a bit of a murder mystery, a bit of a whodunit, but it's also just learning about these characters, and they've got very interesting backstories of why, why, why they're there at the El Real. There's some things that go down. There are some bad times, but the, but I will say it was a good time at the film, at the uh, at the cinema. And I, I, I guess that every critic or every video is going to use that. That it was a good time at the cinema. But you know, you just can't help when you see that opportunity. You just you just can't help but take it. Uh, I will say it's got good performances from everybody. Um, I loved Chris Hemsworth. He was awesome in it. Um, Dakota Johnson was good. Kaylee Spaney. I haven't seen her too much of her, but she was okay. She was a little... Maybe she was a little annoying at times. That's just how morose she was, I guess. Lewis Pullman. Fantastic. Never... He's Bill Pullman's son, but I've never seen him in anything else, but I really want to see more of him because he was fantastic. Loved him. Um, Jeff Bridges, always, as always, great. Just great. John Hamm, great. Um, but Cynthia Erivo is is just spellbounding. Um, she is definitely going to be a star after this movie. She's going to be talked about quite a lot. Um, I think she's in an, another film coming out this year from Steve McQueen, um, Widows. I think she's going to be in that. Maybe a little less singing, because she sings a lot in this movie. Maybe a little less singing window um, Widows, but she has a great singing voice. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if she was an artist before this. I'm not too sure about her back, um, kind of what she did before, but I, she was in this. She was fucking amazing in this. Um, yeah, she's definitely going to be the most talked about after watching this movie. Uh, she's a very big highlight. She's part of one of, again, one of my favorite scenes of the year. Um, because this movie utilizes such great cinematography with beautiful tracking shots and use of, um, cutting and editing with tension. Especially in the, the last, maybe last third of the movie. Um, but there's, there's this really great tracking shot um, with these um, I, I can't say because it it'll spoil it but it's a great tracking shot but with John Hamm is involved in it and it's down a um, hallway I won't say what hallway it is but it's down a hallway and Cynthia Revo is kind of singing while he's doing while he's going down this hallway Cynthia Revo is singing I'm not too sure what song it is but she's singing so beautifully but it also sounds very eerie as well because of how the scene is set up. And um, it's fucking... It's it's amazing. I loved it so much. It's one of my... Definitely one of my favorite scenes of the year. Um, and the shot is just fucking so well done. Um, the hotel... I, I love the production design of the hotel. It was fucking awesome. Um... So elegant and fancy, but there's definitely dark undertones that you can tell that there's some dark shit about this hotel that has been hidden or, like, swept under the rug. Um, but I just really love the whole aesthetic, the whole gimmick of um, one part of the hotel being Nevada and one part of the hotel being California. Um, that was cool. And there's different rooms based off those, um, of the, those places. Um, but... <clears throat> this this movie uses tension so well um, 
that's what that's where I'll, that's what I'll say about its biggest strength is just its use of tension, um, especially with sound design shots like extreme close-ups of characters and the cutting of how um, of going back and forth between these characters and how um, how it's like presented because um, I believe it's a roulette. I think it's like a roulette thing. It's Chris Hemsworth is part of the scene and it's um. It's fucking... It's awesome. It's so fucking awesome. <laughs> I can't stop saying that word, but it's just so... Ah, oh, I loved it so much. Uh, and then I was just like, I was like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And then um, eventually... This is kind of... This is the example of what I was talking about before of Hotel Artemis, that this is the... This is how you do it. This is how you use tension, and this is how you light the fuse, and this is how you... Boom, goes the dynamite, you know? This is how you do it. This movie does it so well, but you can definitely tell that there is a lot of influence from Quentin Tarantino, especially, especially Hateful Eight, um, uh, with the characters and being in one location. You know who's 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 the baddest. Who's who's got secrets. It's definitely you can definitely tell Drew Goddard has watched Hateful Eight and just said, okay, I'm going to do that, but like, make it. This movie is quite long as well. It's about two and a half hours long. Um, about 2020, I think, but like reaching it. Um, some of it could have been shaved off, but at the same time, I, I, I was kind of like not never bored. So, I don't know, I can't really... It's kind of a contradiction to say that. It's like a conflict in my mind to go that, oh, that was, just, it was too long, but also I was just like, I was never bored. There was no scene in the movie that made me go, oh, like, let's move on. Because I was just like so enamored by what was going on. Um, but I think it was just... I had some um, initial thoughts when I came out of the cinema. I was just like, oh, that wasn't as good as I was expecting it to be. It was very, very straightforward. And I thought there was going to be something deeper to it. But the more I thought about it and the more how much I'm reminded of how much fun I had with the movie and the more I thought about what else could be in there I don't know the more I love it so I don't know it's definitely a movie that's it's a slow burn definitely because it's how because of how long it is but it's going to be dividing audiences because of how definitely how slow it is and how what is in the actual in the movie and um, how things actually turn out but I will say it was it was more it was definitely more straightforward than I expected it to be but then again, yes, after thinking about it more, I was like, kind of just okay with that um, because of how much fun I had with it. Um, <clears throat> again, performances are great. Arivo's going to be a star after this. She's going to be... She's one of she's the best... Uh, yeah, she, she and Lewis Pullman, to me, were the best parts of the film. Um, Lewis Pullman plays the um, concierge, I'll just say, of the hotel. He does more stuff, but he's the concierge, kind of. And um, there's some there's some questions that aren't answered, but at first I was like, oh, why didn't I get that answers? But at the same, but after again, after thinking of it, I was just like, oh, you know what? I'm glad I didn't get those answers. I'm kind of glad I didn't get those answers. And then I don't have to think about it too much, and now I can just watch it again, having so much enjoyment. Um, but I really, really like this movie. Um, who knows if it will make the top? It's definitely going to be around... It's going to be in the conversation. Um, but it's probably going to go... It's. I think it's already on my letterbox, the best of 2018, because I've got a lot of movies on there, but I'm, there's a couple more to take off, I think. 
But it's probably going to be... I think it's already on there. I think I put it on there already, but... Um, yeah, it's playing right now. It came out last week. It's playing right now. If you love Tension, if you love The Hateful Eight, especially, because The Hateful Eight, I think, is like the same length, I think, as well. I will agree that The Hateful Eight does it better, but... Um, this is still a really, 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 really fun time. You'll have so much enjoyment. Um, and definitely learning about these characters and the the uh, backstories you get are quite interesting. Um, there's a few jump scares as well. Yeah, there's a few jump scares uh, that got me too, but they were just loud noises. Like, it was just like something happened and they decided to go loud with it and it was kind of, yeah, it kind of got me. Uh, but that didn't take away from... That didn't detract from my enjoyment of the film. So, definitely go see Bad Tom's The El Royale. It's a big recommendation for me. Um, it's playing at fucking every cinema, I guess, right now. Um, I'm in Newcastle at the moment, so Newcastle mates, it's definitely playing around you. Hoyt's Reading, fucking event, everything. And I definitely guess it's playing in Sydney. But go check it out. You won't. You won't I don't know. Check it out if you're a fan of like the kind of mystery films and 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 films filled with tension and great characters, I guess character studies. Um, because there's some characters in this movie, characters um, in uh, commas, inverted commas, characters because these guys are big, they're big characters. But it's definitely, I definitely didn't regret going and watch it. It was a it was a really fun time. So check it out. <clears throat> Big one for me. Um, you'll have a lot of fun. So, we've kind of reached the... We have reached the section. Now, I don't think this is going to take like five minutes, but probably will take quite a bit. Um, but who knows? We might wrap it up. So, I want to talk about... Now, this... If you if you haven't seen Venom yet, click off. Don't listen to the rest of this, because this the rest of this podcast is going to be some spoiler talk on Venom. Um... Because there's, I did want to talk about the movie non-spoiler, kind of like, but there's some things I have to talk about that just don't, yeah, I, I want to talk about, and they are spoilers. So if you have seen Venom, tune in. You might agree with some of these things. You might not. That's fine. It's lovely to have the discourse. But if you haven't seen Venom, uh, go watch it. I guess I don't know <laughs> if you want to, and then. Um, Come back and listen, and, and you can we can you can listen to this, and you can see if you agree as well or not. But I want to talk about Venom. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Warning about Venom. Let's begin. So as we know, Venom, Eddie Brock contracts the symbiote, 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 symbiote. However the fuck you say it, I'm just gonna say symbiote because I've been saying it symbiote all my fucking life. I'm not gonna keep saying this is how you say it. So you. Um, contracts a symbiote, Venom, and, uh, he turns into, uh, you know, Venom is a kind of a person who wants to kill everyone, but he's more of a, I guess this film kind of plays him more of like a vigilante because, um, according to the director, it's kind of based off the Lethal Protector comics. Now, I'm not a big comics person, but my mate is a big comics person and knows a lot about Venom, and he did say it was based off the Lethal Protector comics, so... Um, there you go, there's confirmation for you there. And I'm pretty sure it's on IMDb. If you look it up on IMDb, it'll probably be there, I guess, as well. Any interviews of Ruben Fleischer as well, the director? Probably. Um, let's get into it. 
I don't know where to start. Should I start with the things I liked? <laughs> um, okay, I'll start with I'll start with what I liked about this movie. It's very very fun. Um, you can have a lot of enjoyment in this film if you just give in. If you give in and just 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 watch it and enjoy what's going on between Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy um, as Venom. Their whole dynamic, their whole back and forth, their banter, um, Venom and Eddie Brock, it's just, I don't know, that was kind of worth it for me because it really worked and I loved that that they would t- decided to go down that route of like being silly and everything with it and being a comedy. Because this movie's not a, it's not a horror thriller, by the way. It's not, it's not a horror thriller. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Um, I loved that and I loved how much enjoyment. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. I can't say that I come out and said that was a waste. And I, because I had a lot of fun and I laughed quite a bit. And I can't say that I didn't because that would be a lie. Um, I just liked how the direction that Ruben Fleischer was trying to go with there. You can tell him and he and Hardy had talked about the direction they wanted to take Venom and, and the kind of way they want to do this kind of film. But then you've got the whole film around them which doesn't work. Um, in my opinion, anyway. it People love this movie, but yeah, I, I just know that it has a lot of flaws. A lot. Um, but yeah, I just love that. Enjoy, uh, I, I, had, I had a lot of fun watching them do back and forth, especially the scene up with the elevator. You'll know what I'm, you know what I'm thinking about. When he says, jump, and then he presses the elevator button, and Venom says, Pussy. That was, that was great. <laughs> that, that got the best. I think they got the most laughs in the cinema, but, um, yeah. So I'll say that, and I liked the post credit scene, even though I didn't like the wig at all. The wig was just like, what, why? Why are we doing this? Uh, but I liked the post credit scene. I, I liked that because I know what, I just hope they're going to go down the right road with that. I don't think they will, though, because they want money. So, Yeah. Um, it felt like a kind of like buddy cop kind of thing. That's what I'll say this movie is. It's kind of like a buddy cop film comedy with Venom. It's not a horror. It's not a thriller. And um, I liked that they actually depend on each other. They're both losers. And they actually depend on each other to, you know, to get through life. Because um, Eddie's not in a bad way. Venom apparently is a loser on his planet. So... I liked that <clears throat> they actually they do need each other. Um, and that's it. That's the good. <laughs> oh no! I know I feel bad. Um, <laughs> let's get to what I didn't like about this movie. Um, everything else, pretty much. <laughs> um, the first half an hour is a waste. It could not, should not be there. Is boring as hell. Uh, Michelle Williams is wasted. Jenny Slate is wasted. Riz Ahmed is wasted. Um, I don't know. It's, it's not like... It paints Eddie as like this great kind of... He's really good at his job even though he's bad at it. I don't know why he was trying to say that like... Oh, the Brock Report I think it was called or something. Um, how it was just like, oh, he's, he's one of the best reporters out there. And then he just like immediately does the wrong thing. Even though it's kind of like, he believes what he's doing is right. 
it says he's smart, but he's actually quite dumb by doing this, and I just didn't really buy that. Um, because I've got individual notes on characters, so yeah, sorry if you want to skip it. <laughs> um, I believe I just think that the romantic relationship between Anne Wang, even though she's a big part of the comics, I think she just didn't work here. She's well, she's badly written. She has terrible dialogue. Um, and her chemistry with Tom Hardy is just not there. I just didn't like the pillow scene in the beginning. Tolby's that. I was like, ugh. This feels so forced. Um, and it was just, you could tell that this, Ruben had been given so many notes from Sony about what to do and what they want, what they want added. And he went with some of them, but he almost honestly wanted to do his own thing with Hardy. Everything with Venom works. Everything without Venom doesn't. Because it feels like a big studio notes movie. And when you're not... When it doesn't have Venom in it. And Venom is in it after an hour. He is... There's like 50 or so minutes that go by. And then Venom comes. And you have to fucking put up with the first like 50 minutes. And it's bullshit. <laughs> I just don't think... It's not worth it. Because <laughs> it's so boring. Um... But yeah, I've got some questions that were answered by a friend of mine after we had a bit of um, conversation about the movie, but the action scenes are terrible. Like, Venom is black, but the biggest fight scenes at night with Riot, and it just looks shit. I don't know, I just thought it looked shit. Um, Jenny Slate could have been, she could have been used for something more, I think, but she was wasted. She just fucking dies. She just gets killed off. Um, I could have, maybe she could have been, um, the female Venom. I believe it's She-Venom, I think. Um, again, not too versed in the comics, so I wouldn't know. But Anne Wayne puts on the costume after a dog has it, I think, in the film. And then they go to, in the woods, and then she has it, and then she kisses Eddie. And then Eddie gets the Venom back. I don't know. I, I, maybe the kiss wouldn't have worked with um, Doris Scurf. How the fuck do I know her name? Um, that's the Jenny Slade's character. Uh, maybe it wouldn't. The kiss wouldn't have worked, but I think it would be cool if she kind of was she Venom instead of Michelle Williams because Michelle Williams is just every time she was on screen, I was like, oh god, get out of here! You're an amazing actress, but get out of here. get out of get out of this movie, get out of it. <laughs> um, I just thought everything with the Life Foundation was just incredibly, incredibly boring, and I did not care at all. Um. Carlton Drake is just this big wahaha villain wannabe god kind of character. Didn't give a shit about him. Didn't get his motivation. He he becomes Riot, even though I think Riot is someone different in the comics. But I just didn't like him as Riot. Uh, just yeah. And then why, if he doesn't like one of these secrets exposed and he knows what Brock does, why be interviewed by Brock? Um, and when he kills, and then he gets, when Brock breaks into the Life Foundation, is there no security cameras around? You've got the card, you've got the, the people, but there's no security cameras? Really? Really? A, a, a facility like the Life Foundation doesn't have fucking security cameras? And then, like, and they spend the whole movie trying to be like, oh, who, who broke into the facility? Who broke into the facility? And then, and then when they find the Teddy Oscars, they just deal with it. It could be like, oh, we need to find Eddie, we need to find him, we need to find... This is the guy that did it. And again, it could have been much more interesting, I think. 
much more interesting. It's just in my opinion, if um, Doris was Rashid Venom and she was left alive, and they just didn't, and they cut Anne Wang out of the film because it wouldn't, because she doesn't even feel like a presence in this movie. She doesn't even feel like a presence. Um, and yeah, Carlton Drake just seems to kill everyone. He just does he kill their families as well? Like what happens? <laughs> what happens there? Um, let's get on to Anne Wang. She's pointless. Get her out of the film. Didn't buy the relationship. Uh, wasted time. Could have shaved a lot of minutes. Um, again, like you could shave a lot of minutes, but I just think she could have just been ejected from the movie. And you would have had a much more enjoyable film if you put more of the Venom stuff and replaced the Venom stuff, replaced her stuff, the relationship stuff, with fucking more Venom. But no, she's there. Um, and then there's just like the worst line of the film which is going to be a meme I think this is going to be a meme um, it's in the end of the film I believe they're outside her house and then Tom Hardy or Eddie Brock is dealing with losing Venom and then she puts her hands on his shoulder and says hey I'm sorry about Venom and I was like who the fuck wrote this who wrote this which of you seven cunts wrote this fucking film because there's seven... I think there's seven writers on this movie. There's seven writers. Plus the people who made Venom. Who, um... I think it was Todd McFarlane and the other dude. I can't uh, I can't pronounce his last name. But he's... There's two dudes who made him. And Todd McFarlane's one of them. Because Todd McFarlane also did Spawn. Um... But yeah, like, who, who, wrote, who wrote that line? Who wrote that fucking line and said, That's a good line. We need to keep that in there. That's a good line. Anne should say that, I think. Um, it's just like a terrible... It's one of the worst scripts I've seen all year. It's so bad. Um, and it's not even so bad it's good. It's so bad. It's bad. Like, I laughed at the Venom line because that was funny. But there's other lines where it's just bad. I just thought it was terrible writing. Um, and yeah, it just, just kind of feels like... They're basing this around now, like 2018. But the budget, the CGI... The shoddy action scenes, it feels like a spin-off of Sam Raimi's films than Homecoming. Or, you know, that the MCU. It feels like it could have been made in like two thousand early two thousands, like two thousand two or two thousand three. But uh, uh, I don't know. Like some writing is intentionally bad, I think. And then some is just har- horrible. Like it, it just should not be there. And then yeah, it's just everything about it, it's just ugh. Why? Terrible. Um, anyway, that's my rant <laughs> over because there's just there's good things in this movie, but everything surrounding it is fucking so bad, and it could have been something better. I think it could have benefited. I'm going to stand by it. It could have benefited from an R rating because Venom bites heads off in this movie, and I think he rips someone in half at one point, but you don't see it. It's bloodless. Um. I think it could have benefited. It could have benefited from already. It didn't have to be, but it could have benefited. Could have benefited. There's one fuck, but that's all you get. Because that's your line, really, with PG-13. That's your that's your line. That's your restriction. You only have one fuck. And then, talking about the post-credit scene, we get Carnage, who's played by Woody Harrelson. Excellent casting. Um, people, not not many people are. There's some people who that don't like the casting, people that do like the casting. I'm, a, I'm one of those people that do like the casting. I think he, he's really good at playing these kind of outrageous, wild characters. 
Um, and you can definitely tell that because of working on Zombieland as Tallahassee from Zombieland, um, Ruben Fleischer had a good relationship with him, so that's why Fleischer might have been part of the casting process with him as Carnage. So, yeah. Uh, um, the wig is fucking horrible. It's one of the worst wigs. Uh, one of the it's it's the most wig wig I've ever seen. Like it's just it looks he looks like fucking carrot top. Um, but that line at the end of the movie that is what I mean when it's, some things have to be intentional because he says when I get out of here and when and I and I and I will get out of here there's going to be carnage. He looks right on the barrel of the camera and says there's going to be carnage. And I was like, this has got to be real. This has got to be someone that said this. They're, they're, they're in on this. Like, they're in on this. The people are in on, like, that fucking line because that line cannot be written and just said, like, that's that's amazing. That's incredible because everyone's going to watch that and just go, oh, they're totally in on this whole joke of carnage, bringing carnage. And while we're on the topic of Carnage, um, they need to go R. They need to go R of this next film. Um, if they're doing Carnage, um, I'm not too. Again, I'm not. Again, I'm not too versed with the comics, but I've heard from a Venom fanatic of mine that Carnage is one of the most violent characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Sorry, Marvel, Marvel Universe, not cinematic. Um, Marvel villains, he's most violent because he's he is a psychotic killer. Cletus Cassidy is a, is a psychotic killer, and I did more research on him, and I and um and I just I saw like holy shit, yeah, he's killing people. <laughs> he's straight up killing folks. Um, Venom does have that. Um. Uh, what's the fucking word? Um, tendency as well, to you know, um, cause violence, but Carnage is more of a, looks like, let's fucking kill, let's kill motherfuckers. Let's kill them. Um, Eddie's kind of the voice of reason with Venom, but Carnage and Cletus, because they're both psychos, they always want to fucking kill people. So, if you're going to go ultra-violence, and go, just go swinging, just go swinging for the next one, go R for Venom 2. Because, you probably won't, because you're Sony, and you want money. And that's all you care about is instead of making a good film, you want to make a film that makes money instead of making a good one. Um, because that's what you always do. <clears throat> go R. Uh, if you're doing Carnage, go R. Uh. If you don't go R, uh, have some scenes with a bit of violence. Maybe go... You can have some scenes with a bit of violence and maybe go a bit more adult, but it just has to be. There has to be violence with Carnage. You cannot... Be bloodless if you go and do Carnage. Because I don't know if it's going to do as well as... Because they're definitely setting up for the second one. They're setting him up for the second one. Because I don't think it's going to do as well. Even though Venom has done fantastically over the weekend, box office-wise. It's definitely... It's it started at the top with Star Wars Born. But I don't think it's going to do as well if they decide to go... We're going to do PG-13 with um, Carnage. Uh, but they probably will, so, yeah, that's, uh, I guess that's a lost cause then. Um, but and the last thing you want to do is, I know they want to eventually tie Spider-Man in, but I'm telling you, the last thing you want to do is to put Spider-Man in there, because the, the, the relationship we that has been established with Eddie and Venom 
It's gone. If you put Spider-Man in there, it's 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 what has been established in this first film has been a waste. Because we're already so... I mean, I, I am attached to... I'm not attached to the film, but I am attached to Venom and Eddie. I get the relationship and I get why they need each other. And I would, I would see a second one. But... Yeah, don't just don't add Spider-Man yet. Like, don't just go crazy and, and like just be like, oh, he needs to be in the next one. Let's put him in like a post-credits scene or something. I just think you need to, if you're gonna go those Venom lines, stick to Venom, stick to Carnage, have that, have a fight between them, I guess, or have that, you know, have the Venom and Carnage movie for the next one. Um, maybe have, maybe ha maybe even have like the other symbiotes as well, like uh, Scream and. Um, uh, fucking, um, uh, Phage, I think his name is, its name is, its name, <laughs> uh, my, again, my Venom friend, my friend that is obsessed with Venom, his, he knows all the symbiotes, um, I, I think I know Scream, Alasha, and Phage, I think I know that, that's the ones I know, uh, but if you're gonna do all the symbiotes for the next one, I don't know, that could be cool, but, it's definitely it looks like they're gonna do Carnage for the next one. If they're gonna do Carnage, yeah, just stick to you know, be faithful to what Carnage is. And what he's all about. Um, and you might do well. Because you can do successful with R rated. Look at what Logan has done and look at what Deadpool has done with two fucking movies. You can be successful with R rated if you make a good film. So just yeah. There you go. <laughs> just stick there. Just there you go. So that's it. That's my thoughts on Venom. Um, it's out. Go and see it if you if you want. If you, it's, it's a fun time with Venom and Mini, but I just don't think the movie around it works that well. Um, and that's my thoughts. So um, yeah, you can check out any of those movies I talked about this episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop it right here because I think it's going a bit too over. Um, and I remember last time was two hours, and I don't want to do that again. So, um, I'm going to cut it off here. Go check out the news. Um, definitely check out Sorry to Bother You. My two would be Sorry to Bother You and, and Bad Times at the L.A.L. If you want to go check out some movies. Um, and then if you want to cry a bit, leave no trace. <laughs> Hopefully this week, I'm going to go check out A Star is Born and go see Ladies in Black on Sunday. Um, but either A Star is Born or First Man, I want to see this week. And um, check out that. So before I go, I want, to ch I want to say that I'm doing this October challenge. I'm calling it the Horror October Challenge. Um, that I'm watching a scary film. Trying to watch it on every day, but be, um, but I haven't been too consistent with it. I'm just never consistent with things, aren't I? I'm a shit human. Um, but I've been, I've watched quite a few actually already, but I just haven't been. I've tried to do it every day, but I just haven't done it every day. Uh, but I've actually I'd seen quite a few already. Um, but I've got some classics on there. I've got the... I've never seen the original... Now, get rid of the full idea seats. I haven't seen the original Halloween. I haven't seen the original Friday the 13th. I haven't seen the original Friday... Um, Nightmare on Old Street. And... Um, I've got some... I've seen the original Scream once, but I don't remember Scream the whole... I don't really remember it that much. But I'm definitely going to watch that again. But I've got some... I've got some, got some good films here that um, you might be interested in checking out. If you want to do your own... If you want to do your own um, horror challenge for October, come and join, um, and we can talk about it. Um, my list is on my letterboxed. Um, if you if you have any horror suggestions that you want to add to this, um, that you want to add to the list, let me know, and I'm I'll, and I will add to it. 
Uh, let me check out the list. Here's the list here. So it's on my letterbox. It's called the uh, my 2018 Horror October list. Now I've got some animated films there uh, in in there as well. I've got Coraline, and I've never seen The Nightmare Before Christmas, so I'm going to see that because there's a debate if it's a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie. Uh, again, I can't really make that debate, but after I watch it, I might have something to say about it. I don't know. Um, I've also got this underrated Halloween movie that everyone talks about, Trick or Treat, from 2009, or 2007, I think. Um, I've never seen The Shining, so I'll be watching that. Um, rewatching Psycho, rewatching American Psycho. I love American Psycho, one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, a good chance for me to watch The Neon Demon. Fuck, I love that movie. Um, Get Out, Green Room. Um, and I've got some cheesy ones in as well, like I Know What You Did Last Summer, Jennifer's Body. Um, all the boys love Mandy Lane, I think. And, um, yeah, there's, there's a good, there's a good mix in there as well that I, some of, some I have seen and some I haven't seen, um, that I intend on seeing, watching again. But if you get, if you have any more suggestions, get at me. Um, my Instagram, Kyle Cruz, you can direct message me there, or you can go on the public page on Facebook and message the public page and you can, um, add some things to, if you have any more suggestions to add to these lists, if you have any questions about any films or anything that I have seen, if you want to ask anything, reach me that there. You can direct me, message me on Instagram or you can message me on my public Facebook page. Do not do my personal one because I'm not going to add you. I'm not going to add you. Um, but my public one, yes, I will answer questions there. And I and I will get back to you quite... Um, I will get back to you quite quickly because I am poor and bored. That's my story of 2018, the latter half of 2018. That's my story. Poor and bored. Um, I don't have a job. I don't do shit. So, check those movies out. It's Ask me those questions if you want to answer those questions. Uh, if you want to do the Halloween thing as well, it's, uh, I've been having some fun lately. I'm not a fan of horror, but I'm getting into it, and I see what people like it. I just don't want to watch the shit ones. <laughs> That's why I chose good ones. And um, the fun ones, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, as I said... Definitely will check out A Star Is Born or First Man this week. One of those ones I want to check out. And I'll be talking about them next week or maybe the week after. This might be become a bi-weekly thing now instead of a weekly thing. Because of how... I don't know, I don't really do much, I guess. Uh, but who knows, it might could become at any time. You never really know. But um, yeah, thanks for listening. Sorry for, for making you put up with my shitty voice and my... Um, runny nose I guess even though it's it feels like it's going away but um, yeah cheers for that and um, have a great week go check out any of these movies I recommend because uh, they're good ones they might make your list alright alright cheers have a safe one